Hi guys, happy Erev Shabbos. Today is the 17th of Tevis. Um, we're at the last part of chapter 17. So we are about to finish. This is a conversation all about what a tzaddik is. Tomorrow we're going to talk about, well, for the next few days we're going to talk about what a rasha is. And we're going to talk about what a bandini is. And we're basically in this conversation about the different states of consciousness that somebody could experience. The different states of internal experience, external experience, literally the way that a person experiences themselves based on the interaction between their souls and depending on the interaction between your two souls that kind of puts you into the category of either so like we've been explaining like these um people kind of so to speak like these like they're less um specific people well they also are specific people because it happens to be that somebody who's a tzaddik v'tavla like is that specific person but Another way of understanding it, more than just like, oh, it's a person that exists over there, is that this is a state of consciousness that, first of all, is the question of if I'm meant to attain. We're going to see that later. But just noticing that, like like we said yesterday, tzaddik yisod olam. Like tzaddik is the foundation of the olam. Tzaddik is the, tzaddik sees the underlying connectivity of all of the, of, of the ilam, of the helam. Tzaddik sees true reality. A tzaddik <coughs> looks at reality and sees what's actually happening. And so, again, even if we have the question of if we're meant to attain this and if we're meant to be able to actually experience this emotionally, we're definitely meant to be learning something just from learning something from the fact that this is what the tzaddik experiences. And already, if you've been following Tanya, we've already been like, I mean, I've been like tripping out. It's crazy. Like every day I get it more about like the value and the power in understanding the way that a tzaddik sees life because once you can even get to that point of consciousness in your brain not even that i always feel that like that's never gonna happen i do think that we do have moments i personally have had moments of like this kind of tzaddik experience where all of like the opposite stuff inside of me all of the raw like the experience of raw that i was having not only went away but it actually became for good it actually became utilized by my higher self and suddenly it was like a complete alignment of like there isn't only not anything working against me but everything inside of me is actually working for me so again that's tzaddik consciousness but it's not necessarily something we're always able to emotionally experience but what we're learning right now is that this is the truth this is the ms this is the this is true reality now what's also true reality is that that tzaddik who's who sees this kind of true reality who doesn't ever need to close his eyes to anything in reality because he sees everything in reality as oneness with god he doesn't see anything as an exception to that rule that tzaddik is looking at us and is soon going to say and you dear chassid you dear yid you dear precious jewish person you're meant to be a vanity and what we're basically noticing in that experience is that our experience of being able to be a vanity isn't and of not necessarily ever attaining this state of being where I am constantly in this aligned, emotionally settled, never triggered state. The fact that I can't always do that isn't because something's wrong with me. Tzaddik, who is seeing reality clearly, is looking at me and saying, you are actually exactly where you're meant to be. You are actually meant to be the exact person that you're able to be. You, you don't have to be a vanity because, oh, shucks, you can't become a tzaddik. We're, go, we're going to the conversation of because the Al-Tarabah has tzaddik consciousness, 
because of the Alter Rebbe's ability to see everything in reality as aligned with reality, part of that consciousness is looking at us and seeing us as we actually are and not seeing our own struggle as working against us. And the question is, can we start seeing ourselves like that? Can we see our experience, even if it's not emotionally through the lens of tzaddik consciousness, at least cognitively, at least using our mind to start getting curious, who would I be? What would I think about myself? What would I think about my story? What would I think about my internal experience? What would I think about this moment? Literally this moment. If there was literally nothing in this moment that is the opposite of A, what it should be, but B, literal divine love, including the potentially, as we're going to see tomorrow, Russia experiences of this moment. Like, what if there actually isn't anything working against me here? So, okay, let's go inside. Um, yesterday's Tanya, we finished um, with the author explaining that these Tzadik Vitovlos, and again, the difference between Tzadik Vitovlo and Tzadik Viralai, very simple, is Tzadik Vitovlai. Everything in his life is used for God. There is nothing in his life that is an exception. He has not shut off his mind or his heart or his desire to make one with <laughs> um, and his desire to use, essentially, from anything in his life. Everything is, is u- utilized by the Tzadik Vitovlai. Tzadik Virale has shut off parts of his life. He has closed himself off to the Ra, and to the Tzad, it's a Ra lie. The Ra is subservient to him, but it still exists. And again, it, won't, it doesn't exist in a flare-up way. That would be the Banani. For a Tzadik it doesn't even exist in a flare-up way, but, he, but it isn't being utilized by him. It isn't something that, is now, that has now become his superpower. His trigger doesn't trigger him, but it hasn't become the thing that has made him grow. <laughs> Do you get it? It's very interesting. Okay. We finished yesterday, Tanya, by saying that these tzaddik, tzaddikim vitovlos are actually also called b'nei aliyah. Why? So the first reason we gave yesterday, and today we're going to give the second reason why. The first reason why they're called b'nei aliyah is because they are people that make everything rise. And what does rise mean? Rise does not mean that you take one thing and you put it somewhere else. Aliyah in Yiddishkeit and in Chassidus means that you reveal the depth within that thing. You let the essence of that thing rise to the surface of that thing. So that now when you're looking at that thing, you see it as it actually is. A tzaddik v'tayvle is this, is this personality, is this consciousness of an aliyah because everything he touches, everything he comes in contact with, he makes an aliyah of. He's, there's nothing in his life that he's not revealing the unity of Hashem within. There's no moment where he's like, I have to get over this moment in order to serve Hashem, in order to be in my deepest alignment, in order to fulfill my purpose in life, in order to be besimcha, in order to be, no, there's never a moment or a physical, anything that I have to get over in order to serve Hashem, in order to be in that unity. Everything is, has an aliyah. Everything is being, every bit of darkness, you can, the tzaddik v'tavlo sees the light within. And now just putting this out there for a second, how does somebody see the light in Shalash Klebeza Timaeus? By not engaging. Right? How does someone see the light in, Sh- in Klebas Noga? By engaging from this place of wholeness and divine unity. You see the light in, Klipas no- in Shosh Klipos through not having an affair. 
right? So we, we already went through that, but it's just, I'm just putting that out there here that it's not like Tavolo does not say everything's light. So I don't see differentiation anymore. It's on the contrary. Because everything's light, I'm able to see the differentiation that Hashem is creating. And I'm able to, to, I'm able to lean into reality as Hashem is asking me to see it. I don't have to just close my eyes to the way Hashem is telling me to look at life. I can, I can lean into it and see what things actually are happens to be that what things actually are other than i mean what things actually are are hashem's constant creation hashem's breath some of hashem's breath is asking you please don't go near me the shalash klipos the affairs <coughs> but the average moment of hashem's breath is asking you come near me but come near me from a space of wholeness and and desire to reveal hashem within me coffee break one second Okay. Today is Tanya. Dun, dun, dun. Okay, another reason why the Tzadikim Vitovlos are called B'nai Aliyah are V'onikra B'nai Aliyah. Another reason why is B'nai Shegam Avaidasam. And at the end of this Tanya, we're going to see why both reasons are actually work simultaneously. And just start to notice if you can actually see that on your own as you're listening to this. It's interesting. V'onikra B'nai Aliyah. Another reason why they're called B'nai Aliyah. Everything good that they do, all their divine service in the area of doing good, doing a mitzvah, connecting to Hashem, that before we said that they don't leave anything behind. Now we're saying everything that they do engage with for the sake of a mitzvah, for the sake of connecting with Hashem, it's not only to reach the most high level and the loftiest of heights, and not even only to attach themselves to God. To quench their thirst, that their soul is thirsty for God. For a tzaddik v'tovlo, it's not about quenching their thirst. It's not about having this emotional experience of connection to God, about having the spiritual experience of, oh, now I am the spiritual person. Now I finally have an aligned life. That's not what a tzaddik v'tovlo thinks. That as it is written, all who are thirsty for God go to the waters of Torah. But that is only sp- talking about certain kinds of tzaddikim, which are the tzaddikim she'en gamur, which experience their spiritual their their spiritual quest is the quest for spirituality. <laughs> What's the difference between your quest being in this quest for spirituality, for meaning, for depth, for realness, for I need to, I want to be aligned with the unity of life because that's what feels good. That's what is good even. At Tzadik Vitovlo says, I want to be aligned with the unity of life. I want to do a mitzvah. I want to be one with Hashem because that's the MS. Period. Because that's the MS. Not because it makes me feel good and not because who am I without that, but because that's what life is. That's what life is. That's what Hashem has decided that life is. Ella rather the divine service of the Sadiq Vitovlo, is this kind of service of who is a pious one, a chassid, and in this case we're talking about Sadiq Vitovlo, one who is benevolent towards his creator. Meaning he is engaging with reality, not not from the lens of what do I feel like I want and need right now, but from the lens of what does my de- creator desire from me in this moment what is how does my creator see this moment um 
to unite Hashem with this lower world. As we know, this is this This is the purpose of creation from Hashem's point of view. And what's interesting is that it's also my deepest desire, but not always my conscious deepest desire. Um, so the Alter brings an example from the Rav Nehemna <laughs> of a child whose parents are about to pass away, and he will lit- or or that they're in prison or something like that to redeem them. I guess maybe that they're to redeem them, and that he will literally sacrifice his their his entire life for the sake of his parents. Now you ask that child, oh, but you could live so much more if you don't do that. Your parents are already older. Your parents. They have limited life left to live. Don't you have a thirst for life? And it's like, yeah, okay, fine. I have a thirst for life, but that's not why. Like, my thirst for life pales in comparison to the reality, which is that if my parents are bound, I do something about it. <laughs> it's actually interesting. My brother was just in Israel, and he was telling us this experience that he's been having there about how, okay, well, I've been having this experience of just being so kind of frustrated by the whole hostage thing as sad as I am about it, there's this other part of me that's just so mad at Hamas. I mean, obviously we're all mad at Hamas, but like they couldn't have chosen a smarter tactic because the only reason why we didn't just obliterate them from the face of the earth is because we have our brothers and sisters there. That's literally why. <laughs> the whole war has been surrounded around not hurting and not killing even one more Yid that is in Gaza right now. And I've just been so like emotional about the fact that like Hamas was... Like, it's just, it's just frustrating to me that that's what Hamas chose to do, even though obviously they did it because they knew that. But anyways, my brother was just in Israel, and he was, like, going around to all the army bases and all the hostage families and everything. And he was saying, he's like, for whatever reason that Israel started, right? Meaning Israel may have started because Zionism, we want to escape from religiosity, blah, 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 all this stuff. He's like, over the past 70 years, or however long it's been, anytime there's a war the entire Israel comes closer to their essence, comes closer to Am Yisrael Chai, to Jewish pride, to brother and sister unity. And he's like, it's almost like the more crushed we are, the more that our essence actually comes out. And I was, it's like literally the same thing here, that like, okay, I don't know how that all applied to the hostage thing in this. There was a reason why I forget what it is though. Um... <laughs> um basically i think what i'm just saying is that like you're not going to convince a jewish soldier or the jewish army or anyone any yid that for the sake of winning the war even if it's for even if that's a really important thing to do we have to give up one of our brothers and sisters right like it's just not going to (laughs) happen And it's the same thing here, that the Tzaddik Vigamor, <clears throat> it's never about a spiritual experience. It's never about some altruistic, I need to go find that. Because for him, it's like, this is what I do because this is what it's about. This is what it is. This is the reality. It, and and like, it's interesting, just to tie this all together for a second, for the last part of Tanya, my therapist, again, another thing she taught me, <laughs> is in kind of the work that I've done over the past few years of like really coming to a place of like uh, 
just unconditional self-love and unconditional positive, radical positive self-regard where it doesn't mean that I don't grow and I don't work on myself, but it's just from a baseline of I don't need to change in order to be okay. I'm essentially okay. And from that place, what, what, what do I desire next? How do I desire to grow from here? And sometimes when I would like come back to her with like, but this about me really means that I'm not okay. She would sometimes tell me like, this work of seeing ourselves the way God sees us and of kind of stepping into that role where we're not just scrambling for our self-worth, but we're aligned with our divine core and we're standing on solid ground and our feet are connected to the ground and our head is connected to the sky and like one second this is very choppy tanya sorry guys um anyways <laughs> um that experience of like divine alignment and of emotional alignment and like all that stuff where like we really are in that space she's like it's not something that you have to you, that you can choose again it's obviously something you have to choose every day from the concept of like vanity but logically in my mind, I have to come to a, p- a place where she used to call it, she's like, it's a Messiras Nefesh mission. There's no like Shaklavataria, as like they say in Gemara. There's no like debate back and forth. Like it's coming to a place where I will not be able to prove to myself. I'm not, it's not up for debate if I'm worthy of love today. <laughs> it's not up for debate if I believe that Hashem is creating me anew right now because he's obsessed with me today. That's not up for debate. It's not up for debate if I'm engaging with this moment that I'm experiencing from a place of I need this in order to make me whole or from a place of I'm okay and I'm good and life is good and now what do I desire, right? Emotionally, we're always going to be fluctuating between those two states. But logically, what Dr. is teaching us right now is that that sadic consciousness, there's no debate. There's no, there's no internal back and forth of maybe this moment is actually an exception to the unity of Hashem. No, there's not. <laughs> to the extent that, just going back to the literal words of Tanya, that to the extent that every single mitzvah that the tzaddik does, and every single va'ase tov, every single act of service, act of moving forwards in his divine relationship that the tzaddik does, is never from a place of thirst and neediness and lack, and I need to come closer, but it's all from a place of true reality is achdos Hashem. Thus, true reality for me in this moment is to create a reality around me which manifests Achdos Hashem. A mitzvah literally brings Hashem down into the world and unites heaven and earth. Fantastic. So it's like the the healing almost of a tzaddik v'tovlo, and again, it's the healing of a benoni from this consciousness of tzaddik v'tovlo <coughs> is one in which I do not heal because I am broken. <laughs> Yeah, heal because I'm so essentially aligned with with Hashem, with divine love and divine unity that I desire to express that as much as I can. Um, okay, that's the last part of Tanya. This is a little bit Kabbalistic, but I'll just try to keep it very simple. These two explanations of B'nai Aliyah, of why Atatik Vitovlo is called the B'nai Aliyah, right? We say number one because they reveal the light in everything. Sorry, guys. Um, at my grandma's nursing home. <laughs> it's a very loud phone constantly. Okay. Um, one, number one, because they reveal the light in everything, and number two, because they engage with mitzvahs from this place of, this is not something that I need, but this is something that is the objective truth, and thus, I want nothing less than to engage with it. 
Um, they actually are very connected. Why? Because by refining the good found in the Klipas Noga, right, which is the first one that every single thing of Klipas Noga that was seemingly darkness is now light. What does that do? It affects unions in the higher realms so as to cause the masculine waters to descend to this world, which is the Yechudim. So the number one brings the number two. When, when you reveal the light in everything, you're actually revealing the Yechudim that already existed, but you're, you're bringing them to the surface. These masculine waters are the waters of kindness that flow into and are contained in each of the 248 positive mitzvahs, which are all in the nature of kindness and masculine waters. This term, this draws down God's holiness from above downwards so that God's holiness can be clothed in the lowest realms, which is the purpose of creation, which is what the Tzadik Fatovlo is constantly engaged with. He's never, nothing that he does is on the way to the purpose. Everything that he does is this act of transformation. Everything that he does is this experience of oneness with what creation is and so of course he's utilizing everything in creation why because and of course he's coming at it from this perspective sorry that i'm saying he oh my gosh of course she slash he <laughs> no pronouns here of course they're coming at it from this pers- oh wow now i went to they that's awkward <laughs> that's funny of course this person is coming at it from this perspective of a i don't need to leave anything behind because and b Everything that I do is what is actually an expression of me accomplishing the purpose of creation. Why? Because that's what life is. That's what life is about. Like, it's all about that dear B'tachrenim. So that's, that's going to be the gravitational pull towards everything that the Tzadik B'tachrenim does. Um, and again, the English of that is, I am not thirsty for God because I'm needy. I'm thirsty for God because everything in me is already aligned with you. And so this is who I actually, <laughs> this is what life actually is. Um, okay, so that was the end of chapter 10. A little summary here, just for a second. I'm just going to read my notes. Because <laughs> it's, it. it's easier than summarizing it with my own mind. Well, I mean, it is my mind. It's my mind as it was previously written on the page. <laughs> okay, Atatik Vatovlo does not just serve God in isolation, which would be like, I left my life to find you. I left this part of me behind in order to connect to you. In order to connect to you, I need to get over this part of my story. That's not Tzadik Matovlo. Tzadik Matovlo says, all of me, A, loves all of you, but B, all of me, why does all of me love all of you? Because all of me is you. There is no place inside of me where you are not found. Thus, I can actually be inside of all of my experiences and reveal that you are there. We're going to learn later, once we are letting ourselves have this consciousness of I'm allowed to be in all of my experiences, the next question comes, what does that actually look like to be in that experience? If I am not afraid to be in this moment, if I am not, if I am believing from a, from a cognitive place, what, we're, what the, what the Altarabah is telling me right now, which is that there is no moment that I will ever experience that is an antithesis to Hashem. Now, how do I engage with the moment that's coming up? That's going to be the question about the vanity that we're going to. But first, Altarba has to teach us, <clears throat> don't think that a moment you're going to experience is going to be the exception. <laughs> it's fascinating. Again, we're going to learn, though, is it time to engage? Is it time to 
<clears throat> push it away for now and then come back to it later? Is it time to like there's going to be there's going to be more of a conversation around how to engage with each moment. But the first step is saying that the moment isn't just a random moment working against me. This is part of the divine flow of life. Every moment I experience and act that I do is one with the greater purpose and story of life. This is the truth. So if we're always meant to have this emotional experience. <laughs> right. Okay. I was saying this before, but it's just fascinating that like, it's almost like, it's almost like if this is the truth and now we can look at it and be like, okay, but I can't actually experience this. That's way too hard for me. And then it's like, wait a second. Well, who is this the truth for? This is the truth for the tzaddik. The tzaddik sees things like this clearly. And now the tzaddik, the author of it is looking at me and saying, because this is true, now get curious about what this is meant to look like for you. Because it's true that you aren't an exception to the divine unity and nothing inside of you, including your abilities, including your self-talk, including your emotional experience, including your trauma, like including everything, isn't an exception to the divine unity. Now it's time to get curious as to understanding a, who I am, but B, who, what I'm actually meant to be doing, what my divine avoda is, because it's not going to be something that I can't do. <laughs> That's how a tzaddik sees things. It's, very, it's interesting. Um, so yeah, can I see myself the way a tzaddik sees me? It's not a mistake. It's not anything other than exactly what Hashem is creating me to be. And can I see every, even my journey of Tanya, even this journey of kind of healing that we're doing, of getting to this place of, of more self-alignment and of more like breath and openness and spaciousness in our lives and connection to Hashem. Can I do this work not from a place of I need to change in order to be one with God, in order to do what I'm meant to do in this world. I need to be different. I need to whatever. I need to grow even. <laughs> but can I do it from a place of tzaddik consciousness, at least to a small extent of I, number one, there is nothing in me working against me. I want to utilize everything inside of me in my service of Hashem. And B, I do this because Hashem is because Hashem is real. <laughs> I do this because Ainul Mavade, not because I'm the exception to Ainul Mavade, and now we need to go to join it. I do it because I'm so in it that I want nothing less than to reveal that and express that. Chaim and Gachabas.